welcome to this simultaneous Class X and Morse code podcast. So I like to do this kind of simultaneous thing when I'm talking about British television or movies. And in this case, I'm looking at Miss Scarlet and the Duke and Belgravia. I assume that there's some carryover there with the Morse universe. And I know for the Classics podcast, these shows are popular in American culture. Miss Scarlet's a really good show, and I'm going to talk about that. And Belgravia, not as good, but it's that Julian Fellows, Downton Abbey style. So I do a compare and contrast after doing more of a deeper review with Miss Scarlet. And then I talk a little bit about Belgravia, which is currently in its second season, currently running. And so I do a compare and contrast. And then I go and I talk about just reflecting on why is it that, you know, Downton Abbey really struck a chord with the general public and a lot of these British shows aren't doing that right now. I was just reflecting on why, because both of these shows are good. Miss Scarlet's better, but let's let's say Belgravia. It's similar dynamic as Downton Abbey, but I don't know anyone watching it. So how come we went from having everyone watching Downton Abbey to having no one watching a similar show? It's That's an interesting question to me, and I, I go into why I think people were watching specific shows in the 2010s, the early 2010s, I guess you could say the early to mid. And I bring up shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and Game of Thrones to name a few of the prestige TV kind of shows. And um, just my, my, my perspective on why that occurred. So thanks for listening. If you're, if you're a normal, regular Class X listener, John and I are going to talk about the Super Bowl in a few days and just kind of reflect on that as a cultural event. If you are a Morse code listener, I am going to talk about season three, episode one of Morse very soon. I'm almost done with the episode and I have my notes for that. So I'll be publishing for both very soon. And I appreciate you listening to the both podcasts. Please leave reviews if you haven't before. That always helps generate a little bit of buzz for the podcast. And if you're a new subscriber, I appreciate it. So thanks for listening. I'll see you after the music. Welcome to the Class X and Morse Code Podcast. I'm your host, Shukri. So today I'm going to be doing a podcast on both platforms because I'm talking about British TV, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, and Belgravia. And I'll start with Miss Scarlet and the Duke season four, a little review of it, because I, th- I thought that this was the best season of the show. I really do. I always enjoy the show. I even podcasted about it before. It's a show with a fem- feminist outlook, you know, really focusing on the struggles of, of women during this time of the late 1800s, the, the late 19th century. And I mean, the, every, you know, the, the running joke on the show is, could you, uh, what's a woman detective? You know, people are like always looking at her as if she's doing something insane and she's supposed to be the first female detective. So the show is really, it's well-written and it's it's creative in a lot of ways, you know? So there is kind of like another show I've talked about, All Creatures. There's a uniqueness to the show. And I thought this season took that uniqueness to, to each episode. And that's why it was such a strong season. The show definitely made an effort to do something that a lot of shows don't like to do, which is put their main characters 
in different environments, challenge the primary characters, in this case, Miss Star Scarlet and the Duke, and really, you know, sacrifice that comfort feeling that the viewer has. Because I, I feel like a lot of masterpiece shows, the British shows that come over to the US are comfort TV. And to put the viewers in an uncomfortable position is not a common dynamic that you see with, with these masterpiece shows. So how did they do that? Well, here are some of the big events. The big one that drives the plot from the the very beginning, really, I think episode two. Episode one is like normal episode. Episode two has the Duke at the at the end, I believe, getting shot. And this results in these dilemmas that occur, this, these cri this existential crisis that both he and Miss Scarlet have to go through. And what I like about this is the courage, you know, it, it took to challenge the character, Miss Scarlet, because we don't usually see that again with, with our protagonist. So she's... She's typically typically in her own world. That's how she is. She's the protagonist, but she's pretty self-absorbed, which is not uncommon in the detective genre. You see that many of these detectives. Morris is a good example. He, he you know, pretty self-absorbed, but we're we're okay with that. That's part of what we're investing in, right? So, initially, when the the Duke gets shot, Scarlet, she maturely takes care of him but then once he's okay she gets back to everything else she gets back to the, the the normal world that she was living in so once he's better she's kind of like expecting all things to stay the same but what i liked about this season is the duke doesn't want that he wants to take this relationship that they have which is sort of romantic and but primarily a friendship he wants to take it to another level which in terms of this context, 1800s, would be to get married. So he wants to cut it all, all the nonsense, all the bantering, and just to, to get married. So the brief coma that he had, it really does serve as a catalyst for his character. And I guess you could say for the story in general, because it's interesting to see the, pro the main character, the protagonist, Miss Scarlet, avoid making the decision that the audience kind of wants her to make. Right. So I'm sure most viewers just want them to get married. We don't see that. And who knows? We may never see that. I kind of wonder if this show will go into an area where they decide to not have the characters get married. That would be an interesting decision, which I wouldn't mind, honestly. And also, you never know the the, the Duke character. He may want a woman who is more closely aligned with the 19th century norms that Miss Scarlet really doesn't represent because she's very modern in her outlook. And uh, that would be an interesting twist, but who knows? Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised with anything that they do with the show because I'm, I'm unsure with where they're going. I have heard some criticism about the will they, won't they story, which a lot of shows do. You know, they drag it out for seasons and seasons. I don't feel bothered by that. And, and here's why. I think it's because of the genre, specifically the British masterpiece shows. These are really short shows. They're like four to six episodes a series. So I don't really get mad if the storylines aren't progressing very much or even like very fast. In fact, I kind of like it. And I'm assuming a lot of the, the viewers also enjoy that because 
that's probably part of the viewership of these shows. They like the comfort TV element of it. So I don't I don't see that criticism as valid. I mean, it's valid, but I don't see it as strong um, because I like things that remain the same. And I think that's part of the, the attraction of these shows. And also, this is a mystery series after all. So the mysteries are dominant. So it kind of works well because, you know, if the mysteries are dominant and you have some plot development, some character development, then that kind of works, you know? Now, back to the season, season four, they also dealt with having a few important characters missing, specifically Moses and the Duke. The Duke ends up missing a few episodes, actually. Now, I don't know why they did that, if the actor had to do something else or if that was intentional, but the Moses character, I believe he was filming another movie, the actor was, so they didn't replace him, really. And that was definitely missing from this series because he's such a unique character and I don't I just don't think they were able to replace him and that was that was definitely unfortunate but because of that I do think they introduced a, this this guy named uh, Patrick Nash he's he's basically Miss Scarlet's boss but he is able to to fill in the void of, of the Duke being missing and I guess a little bit of Moses being missing which if you're not a viewer of this show it's an interesting question. Like, what do you do when you miss a character or two? This happens a lot on the British television shows for whatever reason. And I think even though I don't don't believe they, they were able to fill the void of Moses being out, it made the show different in so many ways, especially with the Scarlet Nash relationship. They have a very honest, vulnerable relationship with one another. I actually wouldn't mind seeing them end up together on the show, which I'm sure with the fan base of the show is is a sin to say. But, you know, they do seem to have a better relationship, more a, a deeper relationship than the just the bantering that Scarlet and the Duke tend to have over and over again on the show. So, you know, I like that. But in season four, one last thing I'll say about this before I jump to to uh, Belgravia because I want to do a Belgravia, Miss Scarlet and the Duke comparison because I'm watching that show also. There is a flashback episode. It's it's a prequel. And I haven't seen, seen shows do this. I guess all of Endeavor was that way. But to have the, the main characters, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, on this prequel, these are different actors playing them, by the way, and the story that they told with her father playing a primary role as the detective and recruiting the, the Duke character to be a detective, it was really well done. The only critique I have, because the episode was good, and I actually I, I enjoyed the Miss Scarlet actress. She did a great job. She seemed like Miss Scarlet just at a younger age, which was something, as you know, if you've heard this before, this podcast, either Morse Code or Class X, I was frustrated that Endeavor didn't seem as much uh, seem seem like a a prequel to me in a lot of ways in terms of the character development, but Miss Scarlet was. I was distracted often with the Duke because the Duke was um, it w wasn't the young actor's voice. They were actually using the older actor's voice, so there was some dubbing uh, of the voice, and that was a little cringy. I, I I couldn't. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, I lost my um, 
I, I lost, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't get lost in the, the story because of that. And that, that was a mistake. I'm not sure why they didn't just let the actor have his voice. I don't know. Maybe there was a reason. Maybe he wasn't good at acting. I'm not sure. Maybe they should have picked another actor. I think they were going for a look above acting skills, maybe. Because the guy looked like a young version of the Duke character. So in general, I enjoyed season four. Good season, strong character development. And a gutsy move to make the show more about Scarlett and Nash. Maybe they had no choice. But it wasn't just gutsy. It was fresh. The freshness of it made the show and the season really worth a watch. I enjoyed it tremendously because of that. So second season of Belgravia, I'm going to shift to that because I'm also watching that right now. I I know people don't like this show that much. This is a Julian Fellows. He's the Downton Abbey guy. So this is a series from Julian Fellows. I binged the first season, which apparently he wrote. It's from a book that he wrote back in the... 2010s and I binged the first season really quickly I like the second season also it's not as good as Downton Abbey so don't go into it expecting that but it has the upstairs downstairs dynamic you get that it's more of a soap opera though than like um, Miss Scarlet and the Duke so but that's that's Downton, Downton Abbey also right it's very enjoyable if you if you like the style of Downton Abbey, you will enjoy this style because it's pretty similar. I think the second season is is not written by Fellows, but it's definitely influenced by him. You know, they wanted to keep the style of a Julian Fellows show. What's different about this show compared to Miss Scarlet is, and, and compared to a lot of shows that we watch, is there is this old money, new money dynamic, specifically in season one. People moving up the social chain, the social ladder, trying to fit in, and oftentimes looking kind of awkward as they do because they don't they don't know the social norms. It's it's a different world than today. Your your, your job, so you know, like today I look at it and I think your job is a big part of your sense of self, the pride you have. But back then, and I'm not saying this isn't the case today, but your privilege specifically your bloodline was the most important thing you know talent was not a factor here and having a job was actually in that world of the elites in England at the time having a job was like not good really so that's an interesting world to analyze right because it's so different from our world today where we even associate the elites in our society with jobs we don't associate it with with um, the land the land owning gentry right and so that's definitely a story in season one. And season two picks on picks up on some of that. What's interesting about this show is season two brings in a totally different de- generation. They get rid of the actors. So, and they even changed the title of the show. I'm wondering if they wanted to for a specific reason. I don't know. But there is a little continuity. Just, just very little. There is some because the main character is related. He's the son of one of the main characters in the previous season, but it's not much continuity. So that was kind of a surprising move. It's, it's again, kind of like Miss Scarlet and the Duke, a gutsy move to do something like that. We still get the old world, new world dynamic, but not as strong as, as season one for sure. And um, I do like though, 
there seems to be a focus because the season is currently going on, at least in the U.S. We're currently watching it. There is a focus on the the elites feeling kind of bored with their status and engaging with artists. There's a doctor character who's, um, I guess, living a more creative lifestyle. And so that bohemian lifestyle that some of these shows like to like to show that that's sort of uh, attracting the one of the main characters who comes from elite elite background. So I guess, you know, I don't know if you, you can't blame her, you know, she seems like she's in this boring world and she wants something something else in life. So that that kind of makes sense. So to com- compare the two shows, I think the similarity which I enjoy is, you know, the the period piece element. These are both in the 19th century. But the differences are huge. The tone of the shows are so different. The purpose seems to be different. Even the philosophies, the general kind of philosophies of the shows are very distinct in a lot of ways. So Miss Scarlet, she's kind of like, if I were to say there is a underlying idea behind it, obviously the feminism, but she's the writers are sort of like historians who are writing a history with an eye on modern times. You know, they're making there's commentary going on there. And Belgravia has that also, for sure, but it's really focused on the drama of the characters more than the historical slash modern commentary. And just how, you know, think about the seven deadly sins. Greed, envy, I don't know if jealousy is one, but let's include that. It's more focused on those things than on a, a political commentary. So I, I still think if you like one show, you'd probably like the other. At least I do. So maybe that's a, that's a similarity bias, but I think so. And, and, and I guess I'll finish with this because I was wondering, as I was reflecting on these shows, especially with Belgravia, I know it's not that popular, but it made me think, like, why is why is it not? You know, because Downton Abbey was so popular and it made me wonder why did it have that run? Because Downton Abbey had this huge run worldwide, the most popular masterpiece PBS show ever. One of the most popular shows in the world. How come they can't repeat that? You know, and I was just thinking maybe it speaks to. I don't know, context, timing. The public seems to need, seek, desire different or certain expressions of art at different times. So, so some of us, you know, we still, like me, we maybe you, we still enjoy that 19th, even 18th, early 20th century kind of escapism. But the general public has lost that interest. So, you know, what's going on here? It, it, what, what happened? And I, I was... I guess part of my reflection is that, you know, I, I looked back and I, I looked at the, the time period of Downton Abbey. It was 2010 to 2015. And so the way I, I think about that, maybe as a history teacher, is that this is the Obama era in the U.S. Great recession is occurring. So huge economic catastrophe. And I experienced that in a huge way with, like, jobs. It was hard to keep down, hold down a job, especially a teaching job at that time. But really any job, people losing their homes, polarized politics. But that's always been an issue. I mean, it's still going on today and it was going on before that. It was a time, though, where the public was watching a lot of 
these prestige TV kind of shows, like think about Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, even the, even the Wire, totally different worlds to immerse yourself in though. Like the difference between Game of Thrones and Downton Abbey is huge, but it's still an escapist kind of show. So also to add to all that, podcasts were on the rise, right, at this time. So when I, when I think back, you know, culturally, this was a time where we did seek these well-written, immersive TV shows. That was sort of the expectation. And maybe Belgravia, you know, I'm not saying it's, I think it's well-written. It's just, it's not as good as Downton Abbey, but people don't seek it anymore, right? So it probably was, you know, an escape. I don't, I don't know, maybe from the economic reality of the Great Recession, also, smartphones came into use, right? So this technology change, a technological change. So the, I, I kind of see that as as part of it because for me, the connection of these immersive shows and podcasts on my phone, that was a really clear connection for me. I would love, I loved watching Breaking Bad or Downton Abbey and then listening to a podcast about the show. That was like part of one of my great hobbies of the time. So I do think there was some sort of change that occurred in, in technology, in the economy that, that created what I guess would be, you know, the desire to watch something like a, a Downton Abbey to, and, and it's not as, it's not there in, anymore. It's also true that when I watched those shows, whether it was Downton Abbey or Breaking Bad or, or Game of Thrones, I was like ordering DVDs at the time to see them on, through Netflix. So the streaming of the shows was also a totally different experience. Like it didn't it didn't occur at the time until I don't even remember a few years after that. So I think streaming has created a, a, a tendency to have everyone watching different shows. And even in 2010, we were still watching similar shows. So this period piece genre that I'm talking about could, especially the well written versions could have a popular appeal. I don't know, a little bit of a side note and um but I, I just I just was wondering like why why was Downton Abbey so popular? But these other shows that I'm talking about, Miss Scarlet is a really good show. Why hasn't it reached that kind of popularity? Belgravia. Similar dynamic, upstairs, downstairs, class kind of conflict stuff. No one watches it. I don't know anyone watching that show. So it's different, right? It kind of makes you reflect on how time, how context, how technological change really does influence our our likes, our and and our dislikes, and, and and just our culture in general, and what's what's popular. So, thanks for listening. If you're inter- interested in the classics podcast, John and I have a plan to podcast about the Super Bowl and our different takes on not only the game but the events of the Super Bowl and. The idea of the Super Bowl as a monoculture, you know, just a cultural event that we all share as, as you know, as Americans specifically with the Super Bowl of, you know, football is kind of an American thing. But uh, I hopefully you'll listen to that. We plan on recording that one soon. And I appreciate you listening to this simultaneous Morse Code Classics podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.